Well, good morning, everyone. I don't know if I can say that, actually. Good afternoon. It's 12 o'clock. I think it's noontime, right? Good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here to worship the Lord. I'm excited to, to have round three this morning of being with the people of God, praising the one who has saved us and set us free. It's a good thing. So this morning, if you want to follow along, open your Bibles or your phone, whatever you prefer, to Colossians chapter 3. If you're visiting or new this morning, we've been going through the book of Colossians for a while now, and we have made it to chapter 3, so we're getting places. We are getting places. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4 this morning. And I'm super excited um, about all that, that Paul is sharing here with the people of Colossae. He's writing this from prison, remember, and uh, this is very, very powerful stuff this morning. So let's read it. It says this. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. We do. We love you, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you just for even this time of worship we just had. Lord, I, I sense and feel like just, there's a hunger in here this morning for you. For more of you, Lord, we need you. We all need you in greater ways. So my prayer is simple. Holy Spirit, come and work and do and move like only you can. And Father, I pray just for even uh, just an extra measure of just freshness and, 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 and just the specifics even for this service, Lord, that you want to say and you want to do in this service. Come and do what you will, Father. We love you, Lord. Ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, our, our text this morning, Paul, Paul's going to drill home a couple things that I think can truthfully be transformational for us. And, and I, don't, I don't say that just to say that because it's the word of God, but man, the things that he's going to share, I believe if we can understand this and get this and do this, it will really transform how we go about our day-to-day life. Yeah. So he starts off here, he says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. He's seated, you see, at the right hand of God. As we've, as we've been talking about, as we've been going through Colossians, one of the things that we understand is that we have life in Christ. You remember Paul said that we have been brought to life because of the blood of Jesus. We were buried with him in baptism and raised to life with Christ. Do you remember him talking about this in Colossians? Well, here he says and he reminds them once again that you have been raised with Christ. Well, he says, if then, if you've given your life to Christ, remember that you have been raised with Christ. And the cool thing is when you give your life to Jesus Christ, one of the most amazing things to me that happens is the fact and the reality is that you are adopted into the family of God. That you are a son 
or a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords. How incredible is that, that you belong to him. That's why we call him our heavenly father, because we've been adopted into his family. And the other neat thing about that is that what we understand then is that our home, our true citizenship isn't in fact in this world and of this world, but we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's where our true home is, not here on this earth. We're merely passing through. We're sojourners. We're traveling through. And when we've given our life to Christ, the cool thing is, is that we have eternal life. And in fact, when we, our body breathes its last breath here on this earth, we don't actually die. We just change addresses. That's the cool part about it, okay? But I want to ask you this morning, have you ever been in a situation where you just longed for home? Well, I don't know what it might have been for you, but you were just in this place, this position, and you just thought, I just want to go home. I want to be home. Pastor Ron and I, a couple years ago, we were in Ecuador with a couple other guys, and we, there's a place there that we work typically, but then we wanted to go into the jungle to this unreached people group, um, and so you can only get there by boat up the river, and so we were in this little canoe-like boat. We go seven hours up the river. We get to where this village is, and we're, we're spending the night there in our hammocks. We brought hammocks with us to sleep in, and one of the things about Ecuador is that, it, I mean, it's Thick jungle right on the equator, right? Ecuador equator. Hot, tropical environment with lots of bugs. Okay, there are bugs and then some more bugs, all right? And so, hey, we're prepared though. I'm feeling good. I'm prepared. I bring my hammock with me. We get it all set up. I've got this super fancy bug net that's attached to my hammock so no bugs will get in there and eat me up. Well, they found a way. Okay, they found a way in my hammock. I woke up that next morning and I was covered in bites. And I mean covered. And these things were nasty little things that itched like crazy. Between my knee and my ankle on one leg alone, I had a hundred bites. Okay. It was bad. It was bad. It was like Chiggers 2.0. If you've ever had Chiggers before, I mean, bad, bad stuff. Okay. And I remember in, a, in that moment, I woke up and I'm itching like crazy. It's hot. There's nothing around to take care of it. I just remember thinking, I did not confess this to the guys at the time because that's not what a man does. Okay. But I was like, I just want to go home. That's all I could think about. Like, I just want to go home. This is miserable. But the reality, and I don't say this like in a negative way, but in a positive way, like our hearts all the time should just long to be with the Lord, should long to be going home to be with Jesus. Like I said, not from a negative place, but because we love him and cherish him and desire him so much that that's just where our home is. That's where our heart is. That's where we want to be. Yeah. And I say that as just a quick introduction in some ways to the main thing we're going to think about. Because when you understand that you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you're just passing through here and that you've been adopted into the family of God, it changes how you live and how you think and how you approach everything in this life that we have here on this earth. So remind yourself, be reminded, you have been raised with Christ. You're a child of the Most High and your true citizenship is in heaven. So Paul says, though, he says that we are to seek the things that are above. That we're to seek the things that are above. I'm assuming, this is a big assumption, that everybody in here has probably played hide and seek. If you didn't play hide and seek when you were young, I don't know how that's possible. You had a rough childhood, and I apologize about that, okay? But I think we all get the premise of it. People hide, there's one person, they go and seek and find the other people. 
And when you're playing hide and seek, if you are the seeker, what you don't do is just sit back and hope that people are going to come and you're like, oh, there you are, I found you. That's not how the game works, right? There's a seeking out, there's action, there's a pursuit that happens by the seeker to find the others that are hiding. And what Paul is saying here is that we're not to just sit back passively in our relationship with Christ. And as we go throughout this life, we don't just sit back passively, but we rather pursue, we seek the King of kings and Lord of lords and the things of heaven. That's what we're to seek after. There's this active pursuit that must take place. We're to seek the things of God the things of heaven, Christ himself. If you remember, or I don't know, this won't be on the screen, but in Matthew 6, I was thinking about this last night. In Matthew 6, it tells us, it starts off the beginning and it says, uh, do not be anxious about your life and what you will do and this, that, and the other. And then it talks about the birds, the air, lilies, the field, all this stuff. And at the end, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these will be added to you. You see, even in the midst of our, our worry and anxiousness about life and what's going to happen, the Word of God says, listen, don't be worried about those things, about your life. God is good, just like we sang about. He's never going to let us go. He will provide, but He will when you just seek after, seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It says there's a seeking. When we found Christ, it was kind of the same. You remember the parable that's found in Matthew 13 and verses 45 through 46? It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in what? In search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This parable is saying, listen, Jesus is the most precious thing that you could ever find. And when you search and seek out truth and life, you will find Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so as we seek that, we find Jesus. And what, what we know is that Jesus is worth getting rid of everything for just so that we could have him. But once we seek him and we find him, here's the thing. It's not over. We don't just sit back passively. There's a continued pursuit after the heart of God a continued pursuit and seeking. And that's what Paul is saying this morning, to seek after the things that are above. How, right? How do we seek out the things that are above? Well, you might think, and this is our natural response to everything, and it's not ever a bad response, it's a good response. You might say, okay, well, to seek after the things that are above or to seek to spend time in the presence of God, absolutely, through prayer, through the word of God. It is his voice, it's his truth in so many ways. So yeah, we do all those things, but Paul tells us here the next part of our scripture, of our text. He says, as we're seeking those things, he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. He says that so much, and we're going to see this, comes from right between our ears and our minds. That our pursuit of God, to live out the ways of God, that there is a battle that takes place and that is going on and it starts between our ears. There's been numerous studies done, and if you want to look some of this up, it's kind of interesting. But if you look up... Um, how many thoughts people have in a day. It's, it's kind of wild because studies show that the average human has between 6,000 and 60,000. I know that's a wide gap there, but so we'll go on the low end. Let's say you have 6,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thinking that we're doing, right? 
6,000 thoughts going through your mind every day. And my question for you is the same question I ask myself is, what are you thinking about? Like of those 6,000 or plus, however many thoughts that go through your mind each day, what is it that your mind is consumed with? The studies also show that of those thoughts that come through, that the majority of them are actually repetitive. The same thoughts that keep coming to mind time after time. And I see some of you guys shaking your head. You're like, yes. Have you been in that place where you're like, I cannot stop thinking about this. I'll be here. And then it just keeps coming back time after time again. It's like you're consumed with something and you can't get it out of your mind, right? Our minds are constantly going. The other interesting thing to me about these studies that I read is that it said about 75% of what you're thinking about those thoughts are actually negative, which is wild to me, the fact that the majority of the thoughts that go through the average human's head are negative. And you know, when I was looking at all this and thinking about it, <laughs> thinking about it, right, my thoughts, I started to look at my, at my own mind and what I'm thinking about. And to be completely honest with you guys, like, I'm, I was, there's a lot of things that are in my mind I'm not really proud of. Things that go through my mind that I'm really glad they're in my mind and not out there for everybody to see. And, and I was honestly a little overwhelmed in, in thinking through this and preparing this because I've realized that, man, I've got so far to go. Yeah. Like, my mind is so preoccupied often with just all these other things and if I took like an inventory some days and a percentage of how much of my mind is on the things of God or the things above and all, it'd be embarrassing. Yeah. But the reality is that's where we're to fix our minds and set our minds, is on the things above, the things of the Lord, not on the things of this world. And so I ask you to think about your own thought life. You know, of all those thoughts that are going through your mind each day, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What's consuming your mind? The truth is, whatever we set our minds on has a direct impact on what comes out of our lives. What you put in up here has a huge impact on what comes out of your mouth, the way you see things, the way you see people, the way you act, the choices you make. So much of it starts in the mind. It's amazing to me. You guys ever watch that, the Food Network? Like, I, will, I love food in general. But I will watch that, and I'll be like, my gosh, I don't even know what they're making, but I want that, whatever it is. Like, it just looks so good. But it's because this whole 30-minute show or whatever, they're just putting in there about, oh, you smell the aroma and all this stuff. I'm like, yes, I can smell the aroma. You know, it's like, I, it just has me. And then next thing I know, I'm actually desiring that. Like, and it all started by them putting things in my mind and what my eyes are focused on, right? I watched an infomercial the other day. I know it's weird, but sometimes I'll be clicking through and be like, I wonder what this is all about, you know? And I, th I was convinced we needed new kitchen knives. I mean, because they had these things and they were telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. We need new kitchen knives. The mind is powerful. It really is. But here's the thing. What we put in has a direct impact on what comes out and how we see things and how we feel and how we think. I can promise you the majority of your feelings are a reflection of what's going on in your mind. You feel like garbage, it's probably because you're having thoughts from the enemy that you're worthless versus having thoughts on what the Word of God says that you have meaning and purpose and that you're lovely to the Lord. Like so much is in our minds 
that affects how we see ourselves, how we go through life. It's powerful. It's so powerful. And it also is a great breeding ground, though, for discontentment. I'm convinced that when we're so discontent in our life, it's because our mind is consumed with all that we don't have or that we think we should have or all these other things besides on the goodness and grandeur of God. And it's up here. That's where it starts. What we put in affects what comes out. In Romans 12, in verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, it says, don't be conformed to this world. But we could all use some transformation probably, but we're transformed by the renewal of our mind because how you think about this world, see this world, see God, see yourself, it affects everything. The mind is so, so powerful. And we have to realize and understand that some of the greatest warfare that you go through each and every day is in your mind. Satan hates you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal everything that's good in your life. And one of the main ways that he does it is he whispers junk into your mind. There's a war that's going on. You know, even in sports, they say a lot of times in sports, and if any of you guys were athletes or a coach or anything like that, that, you know, physical raw ability can only get you so far, but there's a mental aspect to the game or whatever game you're playing. There's mental toughness that has to take place that puts people over the top to the next level because they've got the toughness between here, that never say die, that don't quit, that always listen, we're going to find a way type mentality versus the woe to me or I guess it's all over, I'm just going to lay down and quit here. That's in the mind. And it's the same when you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Our minds have to be trained in, in shape and in the right place so that we can walk victoriously because there is a war for your mind. When I was in the police academy before I was a police officer, that's one of the main things that they stressed over and over is having the correct mentality so that you could always be successful. You always win every fight. You never quit. You never, like that's the mentality that they trained into you in so many ways. I know many soldiers, people that have been in our military, and they have to have mental toughness and and that fortitude up top if they're ever going to be successful in carrying out the mission they've been given. The same is true for us. We're in a battle for the Lord, and our minds got to be right. Our minds got to be right. So we set our minds on the things above. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I love this. This lays out beautifully the things that we're to set our mind on. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Is that what's going through your mind? Is that like when you were thinking about those thousands of thoughts that go through your mind each day? Is like this the type of stuff that's on there? Maybe sometimes. Things that are true and honorable and just and pure, or is it the opposite? Or is it maybe one of the things I just, my mind struggles with, I don't know about you, but like just selfishness. My mind is so focused on me and what I think I want. Like it's just me, me, me so often. And I realize that even my thoughts, distractions are everywhere too. 
Like, they are everywhere. There's so many things as we go throughout life that just want to take our, uh, distract us from keeping our eyes fixed on Christ and the things of God. You guys know what clickbait is? Some of you guys don't know what it is. Well, the clickbait is basically these ads and these things that pop up if you're on the internet, you're on Facebook, that are really just there to grab your attention and take you off to their marketing scheme, their whatever type of deal. And I'll be honest with you, I fall for it sometimes. And it's a big distraction. I'll be doing something and this thing will pop up. Check out the 20 craziest houses in the United States of America. I'm like, I want to see what the 20 craziest houses are. So I click on the thing. And next thing I know, a half hour's gone looking at these things that have nothing to do with anything I was doing. but it took me down a rabbit trail right that's what can happen in life too like we're following after the Lord things are going good then there's this thing over here like huh how about that I'm gonna go after this for a little bit or that or whatever but like there's so many things that want to distract us from that seeking that pursuit of the Lord that setting our minds on the things of God but that's what we're to do we're to set our, our minds on the things above not the things of this earth Not lust, not anger, not bitterness, not jealousy, not selfishness, not possessions, materialism, whatever it might be, but on the things of God. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul says this. He says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What Paul is saying here, in essence, he's saying, I'm dead to the world. I'm dead to the world, the things of this world. They don't satisfy me any longer. I don't desire them anymore. My desire, my longing is for the Lord and the things of the Lord. I'm dead to those other ways because they're empty. But Christ is not. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Pretty sobering. There's so many things that are vying for our affections. And sometimes they're even good things. But just because something's good doesn't mean it's a God thing. Remember that. I'll say this too. I'm convinced that sometimes the reason that our minds will not be set on the things of God is because our minds are so full of other stuff. Like if you've only got 6,000 thoughts or six, well, you know, some of you think a lot more. We'll give you 30,000 today, okay? However many thoughts you have, you only have so much time and, and capacity to be thinking on things. And if it's so full of all sorts of other things, you're not leaving any room for thinking and setting your mind on the Lord. Sometimes I think the reason we don't is because we're so full of the world. That's why he has to be the priority, the first place that we turn to each and every day and every moment. Listen, you can't deny the distractions that come up and the things that, that come at you in life But the way you handle those and how you approach those has to be through a lens of the Lord and the Holy Spirit and what He wants. Make sure that you're seeking the things of the Lord and Him and His kingdom. You know, here's one other thing that I have to say that's a a temptation for me and I got to believe for everyone in this room because of this country that we live in. And that is like, and listen, I'll just say this, I'm thankful to live in this country. We have so much opportunity we have 
We, we just have so much in a, all together. Like if you travel around the world at all, you will quickly realize that we have it very good here in many different ways. But one of the things that you have to be careful of is that you don't fall into the lie of pursuing the American dream. To pursue, in fact, just anything above Christ is going to leave you lacking and missing what truly satisfies and gives purpose and meaning to your life. But the pursuit of the things of this world and the American dream, listen, it can and does and will, I promise you, leave you ultimately dissatisfied and empty. But so much in our world, especially here in the United States, what you see is like, what are you living for? What are you excited about? What's your meaning? What's your purpose? And it's this pursuit of things of this world and a way of life in this country that just will not satisfy. It will not. So be careful of that. Be careful of that. Listen to what Romans 8 has to say. I think it's incredible. So insightful. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For, the, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You see it again, like how powerful and important it is that our minds are in the right place? If we set our minds on the flesh and the things of the flesh, it's going to lead to death, destruction. We set our minds on the things of Christ, on the Spirit, and it's going to lead to life and peace. But it's where we set our minds that leads down those paths. Absolutely incredible. And here's the other thing. If you want to walk victoriously in your life, then set your mind on the things of the Spirit, it says. Our minds are so powerful. It's absolutely incredible. All right, verses 3 and 4 of our text say this. It says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. One of the interesting things for me to think about is this idea and understanding that you have died. Like, do you ever think about, like, Pastor Ron preached about this in Colossians chapter 2 a few weeks back, where... We all came to this understanding, and hopefully you understand that you were dead in your sins. Like, do you ever think about the fact that you were dead? Like, it's kind of a weird thing, because how we see death is very different than how the Lord sees it in some ways. Like, but you were dead. Like, I was once dead. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, we can have life. And in fact, we have been brought to life. Isn't that a crazy thing to think about? You have died, but your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That alone should be reason for celebration that we've been brought from death to life. You were once dead in your sins, but you've been given life through Christ. Like that should be cause for celebration. But it should also change how we live and how we think when we realize that, man, I was dead, but I've been given life. And I see this whole world and what my purpose is and how I'm about to go about things in this life completely differently because Jesus brought me from death to life. It should change how we live and how we see things. Absolutely incredible. Let's look at John 10, and then we're going to wrap up. I think this is beautiful, thinking about the reality we've been brought from death to life. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I Give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, 
No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Isn't that beautiful and awesome? When you give your life to Christ, that's the reality for you. That you have eternal life and you are in the Father's hands. What better place to be? Amen? Last thought. What does Jesus say is the greatest command? It says the, the first and greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Guys, for us to walk with Christ and to follow after Christ and to love him means that we must surrender also our minds to him that we would let him consume not only our soul and our heart, but also our minds. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. And the way that you do that is by seeking after the things that are of God and him himself and filling your mind with those things, like it said in Philippians 4, 8, that are true. Don't fill your minds with lies. You fill your minds with things that are pure, not things that are perverted. You, th- you fill your mind with things that are excellent, not things that are trashy. Pursue him, love him with everything, including all of your mind. And you know, you may be here, j- just like everybody's here in different places when it comes to things that you're going through in your life, the things that are consuming your mind. Maybe it's your bills, maybe it's family issues, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's who knows what. Like there's things that are just weighing you and consuming your mind. I want to encourage you, man, just surrender that stuff to the Lord. Bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, I I realize that all my thoughts are on all these things but you, and I wonder why I'm anxious. I wonder why I'm having these thoughts and these feelings towards these people. It's because I'm not putting it through the lens of Jesus Christ. I'm not consumed with you more than I am the things of this world. So I want to encourage you, man, whatever those things are, just surrender them to Jesus Turn your eyes and fix them on him because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Bring those things to him. There's life and peace there. All right, I've got three questions for us this morning. And the first one is, what are you seeking in life? Like only you can truly answer that. But what are you seeking in life? What are you pursuing? What are you going after? Is it the things of this world or is it the Lord? Is it the things that the rust, the, I'm sorry, the rust, the rust and the moth destroy? Or is it the things that will last for eternity? Second question, what do you spend your time thinking about? This is a tough one. I'm not going to lie. I laid in bed last night overwhelmed. I told my wife, I am jacked up. Like my head and my mind is just so many places but on the Lord so often. This has been a very convicting week for me because of that and just trying to figure all this out. And the Lord really showing me, man, you need to seek after me in greater ways and you need to make sure you're filling your mind with me in greater ways. But what do you spend your time thinking about? Worldly things or heavenly things? Things that are pure, praiseworthy, excellent or the opposite? And then third, how can you love God with all your mind? How can you love God with all your mind. Ask him that. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and show you, Lord, what is it you're speaking to me on how I can pursue you with my mind in greater ways? Ask the Lord that, and he's faithful. He will speak, 
that truth into you. And here, I, just, I just really felt this before when we were worshiping the first part. I really believe that there's so many of you guys that are in here this morning that are believing lies. Like there is stuff that you're believing about yourself or your situation, your circumstance, your future, and it's just lies. And I want to encourage you to confess those things to the Lord or those questions, those doubts, those concerns, whatever, and just say, Holy Spirit, flood my mind with your truth. Because if there's anything that God wants you to know is that he loves you. He loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in your weakness. And that he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. That he will see you through the greatest storms of life. And there's a beautiful plan and purpose for you specifically. There's good deeds that God has prepared in advance for you that he wants you to walk into for his glory and your good. So remember that. Fill your mind with the truth. If you guys will stand with me, we're going to pray. Lord, I love you. And Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, I confess that oftentimes my mind is not where it should be, but Holy Spirit, I pray you just come and flush out all the things that aren't of you, Lord, and that it would just be filled with the presence and promises of God. Lord, may we seek you. May we pursue you. May we chase after you. And the beautiful thing is you're there. You are there. You want to come and meet with us, Lord. So I pray that we'd stop running from you and pursuing the things of this world and just begin to seek after you and your kingdom and your truth, Father. Lord, help us to set our minds on the things that bring life, not death. And Holy Spirit, now I just pray you just come and move and work and transform. Lord, may we be renewed in our minds, Lord, so that we could be transformed from the inside out, Father. May we leave here with greater freedom, greater joy, knowing and trusting, Lord, you are good, you love us, and you're over everything we can trust you. I love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.